0: Hello, Belinda.
1: Hi, Omar.
0: What is this week's theme for gratitude blooming?
1: It is the beautiful card number 24, the peony flower representing healing.
0: That's so beautiful. This uh, week, I had a chance to hold a gratitude circle, and I just got this uh, lovely message on LinkedIn um, based on the gratitude circle. This is from Ross. Ross. Uh, He describes himself as an empathetic educator and employment specialist. And he said, thank you, Omar, for such a beautiful and inspiring presentation yesterday for the Entertainment Community Fund regarding gratitude. I have long held the belief that gratitude is truly the key to happiness. Really appreciate you bringing this wonderful message to our team yesterday. And these are folks who have been on the front lines of services for those in theater, live uh, sort of uh, acting and, you know, kind of the essential workers for the entertainment industry. And Sometimes we forget, like we sort of look at the stars and sort of the famous people, but there's a lot of just folks who are everyday artists and craftsmen and craftswomen. Um, So it was uh, really special to hold the space and it really did feel healing um, to really just acknowledge. And you'll appreciate this. The first card we pulled, beautiful sadness. I was like, (laughs) oh man, come on. Um, But it was one of those things where it was really acknowledging all the challenges. And I think this is what I really love about this practice and really this message, I feel like we're sharing more and more around heartfulness is the new mindfulness, right? Like how do we acknowledge the full range of emotions um, and really just appreciate what truly just is um, and and being able to do that. Fortunately, we ended on the card of hope. So.
2: (laughs)
1: Oh, well, I just love that. There's this opening to really feel some of the sadness that's kind of collectively in our world right now. and and that is, you know, in some ways, the path to our healing. I um, in preparation for this week's episode, I actually bought myself um, some peony. Oh, And it was really beautiful. There were five of them, and they were kind of slowly blooming at the same time. And some of them still kind of have that tight bud that you see in the illustration. And it was just a reminder of how many layers we each have and hold in our hearts at any given time. And I just love the, the prompt here. It says, taking the time to heal yourself is an expression of gratitude For this one wild and precious life you've been given, how can you support your own healing? Hmm.
0: Yeah, we recently posted on Twitter that one of the most courageous things you can do is ask for help. And, you know, and I think healing um, is recognizing that you can even ask yourself for help and be like, Mm, Hey, I
1: love that.
0: It's okay to just sort of pause and." you know, reset. And I, I don't know, I'm i thinking of all the posts that we've been sharing recently. And the, the one that I shared recently was uh, the importance of rest. And I said, you can't spell reset without rest. And so, you know, just all of these, I feel like signals to pause, to sort of heal, to rest, You know, so often, sometimes, and even like the theme of this, you know, season is collective acceleration. And there's this like strong forward sort of momentum to it. But sometimes it really is about just kind of being able to appreciate where we are and regroup. And maybe some of the message, it's like go slow to go fast, right? Like sometimes collective acceleration actually means pausing for a moment, regrouping, recognizing some of the sort of, things that need tending to, um, you know, before actually moving on. So uh, I'm appreciating that balance that we have.
1: Yeah. Redefining what acceleration really means, right? Like it does require some intentional pause.
0: Yeah. In classic sort of management um, schools, they talk about it doesn't matter if you climb up the ladder fast, if you're on the wrong wall, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, like <laughs> so it's not just about going fast, and you know it's like, no, make sure that we we're on the wall that we want to climb, um, and then you know we can be smarter about it, so part of uh what I love about th- this season is that we're holding the continuity of the prompts and the flowers, but we have new art to uh, reflect, well, it's both new and old because they're still all based on the original illustrations uh, from the artist Arlene Kim Suda who has joined us today Um, and so hopefully we have a chance to describe um, this new digital art this NFT um, that has some new characters
2: yes I'm so excited Hi Belinda and Omar. I have the honor today to describe this week's art that is by our gratitude-blooming designer and artist, Anka Matescu. And I have a story for you in, that includes some of her words as well. So let me go ahead and read it. So this week's NFT art is based on the gratitude-blooming drawing of a peony and the theme of healing. It includes two peony branches One flower is in full bloom with many intricate pink petals, and the other is still closed. The original drawing was based on flowers that were placed on the ground, so they look like they're upside down. In Anka's art, they look like they are floating, weightless in a light blue-colored, airy background. There are bubbles of light floating beside the flowers and a silhouette of a fairy appears next to one of them in the upper right corner. When I went back to recall the story from the episode on healing from season one, I was struck that we called the episode start with the heart. And it made me wonder, what if we started our own healing process for whatever in our lives we need to heal from the heart. And by heart, I think what we really mean is from a place of caring, compassion, and love. And what if we truly believed from our hearts that healing was possible, no matter how difficult the healing path ahead may be, and not only possible, but that it was needed in this world? It's a powerful question posed by our season two NFT artist Anka, Here is an excerpt of our conversation on this topic where she describes what inspired this week's art.
3: Yeah, so I was thinking, like I did the drawing yesterday, I wrote, I read your story with a mythological um, god of healing, or he was like a demigod, I don't know. No, you're right. (laughs) yeah and i was thinking like oh i wanted first to do like a wasp pollinator because i read that the wasps are uh, the main pollinators for peonies but then i was looking at the image like i did the images yesterday and i was thinking like i don't know i was thinking more about the theme than the plant this time and healing and, and and the drawings and i was thinking like maybe What's a pollinator for healing, you know, not for the plant? And I don't know, I just, like, it it needs to have a fairy. (laughs) So, and then I made the connection with, you know, during healing, you need to have this belief, like, that you're going to heal, like belief is so important. And there is something, you know, magical about fairies, and believing in fairies and also the belief is it can be as real as real medicine you know so i wanted to to make it a little bit more mythological oh and and then i thought okay but the fairy has this human kind of look it's not an insect or it's not a bird it looks like a human and there's something about having humans that help with healing and having a human touch that's very important for healing and having somebody to listen to you and to believe you when it comes to emotional healing and um, having somebody to hold space for you. And yeah, I think it's that. That was the idea
0: behind the fairy. Well, I'm so glad that Anka introduced fairies into the Meta Garden. <laughs> and I, I feel like, you know, this is the robust world that we're imagining is both hyper grounded uh, in nature and in imagination, right? That we can sort of be both connected to the earth um, and have these wonderful roots, but then also just let our, the imagination of our hearts and our sky just sort of go wild. And, and I had to sort of look up the etymology for a couple of things. So one, uh, fairies uh, goes back to fate. Um, And so it's connected to this idea of fate and we're going to be introducing our guest this week who uh, is from Burnaby, uh, uh, just outside of Vancouver, Canada, where I actually lived for a year as a kid. I was in third grade and I lived on top of this mountain. And one of my favorite things to do, I was an only child. And so I was uh, had a lot of imagination and there was this sort of Part of it was a, a campus that was remote, and I used to build little homes for fairies. <laughs> and I had all these little like houses that I built like out of this clay, and I would spend hours um, out there by myself building these like clay villages. And I would go check in on them, and I don't remember seeing fairies, but I just remember building these sort of places and then one time i had a cousin come visit and i told him i was like hey look, this is like my village for these fairies and he's like there's no fairies here man and I, I was like no seriously this is and then i um and then finally he's like okay i i, I see them and then i was like i'm just kidding you man you can't see them and I and I'm really sad now because I feel like maybe I can't remember anymore because I sort of misled him um, in some kind of way. and so I really was just that memory came back so full, both because of seeing this illustration and then just by sheer serendipity, the person who we interview this week you know is from Burnaby. And so, you know, I think I've got to do some um, reconciliation with the fairies of the world. <laughs> um, and, and and you know, the other thing that Anka talked about, she talked about the touching and how healing comes through touching. And so I looked that up as well. And it comes from Old French, uh, touche. And the original word was actually romance. And so I love that idea of touching really being about romance and romance really being about healing. Um, what more sort of word could we imagine for healing coming out of romance and love?
2: I, I just love, um, I love being a witness to the art process, especially, you know, with somebody close so close to us like Anka. And um, I just am blown away a little bit about how it went from she wanted to you know add a pollinator but the you know there wasn't an insect or a bird that fit the theme and that she could connect healing to coming from other from a human and the human touch and the other thing that really blows my mind away is just this whole idea of you have to believe you have to believe that you can heal And, you know, I love how that gets connected to, you know, this sort of fantastical belief in like fairies, right? I mean, right, like, you know, sometimes we would think you're crazy to um, believe in fairies. They're not real. They're just imaginary, right? But, you know, it's almost like what is real for us is what we believe. I guess that could be dangerous a little bit too, but um, it's powerful,
1: It makes me really appreciate the choice in that, you know, and, you know, what Anka emphasized was around emotional healing. And I feel like that's such a less tangible path forward. You know, when you scrape your knee or you break an arm, you know, there's tangible steps that you take to heal the physical body. But then when there is an emotional wound, you know... you almost have to believe that it's possible to heal that wound, and and that's a le- that's that's not something that you can physically um, manifest. It's it really does require this belief, and and I think about how so many fairy tales, you know, we grew up with, were literally about that. You know, do you believe in what's possible and I love imagining this little Omar, you know, building these little home, tiny, tiny homes. And then, you know, you went on to build, think about a whole city. And now we're kind of back into the cycle of, well, what is the world that we believe is possible? So how do we start to illustrate that? And I feel like this art is one of the first steps we can make that tangible and, and, you know, with the eyes and also start to create a pathway to the emotional healing or the less tangible forms of spiritual healing too.
0: I think this idea of fairy tales and stories, like I am more and more believing that we need to tell the story of what we want to live in clearer and clearer ways. Um, You know, he's just like sort of one sort of story that we all heard as kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is such a false story, right? Like Because we actually know that in some ways it is way easier to heal from broken bones than it is to heal from words that have been, you know, I've heard this week people describe, I describe words as technology Today we'll hear, you know, maybe Livia share that words are a gift. We talked to someone else this week that said words are like spells. And so, you know, each of these things are recognizing how powerful words are. And in some ways, belief is just, what are the words that we're telling ourselves? Do we believe that we can heal? Do we believe that we can, you know, uh, sort of connect to something better um, or healthier? Um, these are all just stories that we tell ourselves. And, you know, it's just so important that we become, I think, more intentional about them. And this is what I think is so beautiful about this co-creating process. Uh, Yesterday, you know, somebody posted on Twitter like, hey, does art really, you know, matter because of the intention of the artist or how it's received in the community? And I replied, I was like, less binary. Imagine more co-creation, right? Like that there is this dialogue. And I feel like, Arlene, you've been so generous in how you describe art. And I feel like dialogue is part of it.
2: Yeah, I almost wonder if there is an exercise. What I'm learning is by having to write about Anka's art, right? When I look at it and I see it and I just write the words. Talk about words, uh, Omar. It's like I write the words and I'm just literally describing the art and then it's through the words that I, I experience the art more deeply. And so I actually think that could be a good exercise, you know, in one of our exercises to, you know, ask, you know, the listeners out there to look at a piece of art, but not just look at it, you know, like take the time to write one short paragraph about what you see. And it could just be, um, you know, it could just be descriptive and um I, I, I assure you that something surprising will emerge out of that.
0: Hmm. I love that as a, a challenge for next week. Maybe Belinda and I will uh, take that on as well and just be like, all right, we each write a paragraph of next week's uh, art.
2: Ooh, I like that Ooh. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In the
1: spirit of just weaving the threads for our collective acceleration and our collective healing, I'm really excited to introduce our guest community builder, uh, Livia Chan. And Livia actually has been in dialogue with us over Twitter, email. She uh, got a card deck and has been using it with her son and just uncovering so many layers of understanding through the heart. And uh, it's an honor to be able to amplify the energy and the stories and the ways of being of other people, because, you know, in that, in that way, we can really start to imagine for ourselves, you know, well, what would be, what would be my way, you know, is it, and how do I want to navigate this, this period of time that we're in together? And so um, Livia is going to introduce herself here in this clip. We, we always appreciate people sharing, you know, what do they want most for our listeners to know about them. So here's Livia explaining that to you.
4: Love for people to know that I have the greatest joy of being a school teacher and also a head teacher, which means I have a dual role in that I am part-time in the office and I am part-time in the classroom. And the joy of teaching is like no other that I've ever experienced. The gift of being in relationships with students and their parents and family members is just so soul-filling and I cannot imagine doing anything else. So that's what I love to do. I also love to write and, and blog and just connect with other people. That's one of my greatest passions is connecting with others.
1: You know, you there's so many people that you meet who say that, you know, they're positive, you know, it's like, I'm such a positive person. I, you know, I love everyone. And, and it's rare to meet someone where you feel like, oh my gosh, that is actually true about them. And I have felt that in every single interaction with Livia, even though we haven't really known her personally for very long, just in this past couple of weeks, it's, it's striking how much she is the embodiment of love.
0: Yeah. What I also appreciate is I feel like we're breaking down these walls between podcast hosts, and listeners, right? Like, just like Arlene has helped us sort of break down the walls of like, well, I'm the artist and, you know, you're sort of the collector or whatever those sort of binary dynamics have historically been. And it was like, no, we're really now co-creating. And, and she shared something with us, which is she took all of our podcasts and uh, <laughs> put it into a spreadsheet, marked the theme, the prompt, uh, and then notated when, Arlene, you share your reflection Uh, And then when Belinda shares her practice uh, at the end. And so she's like giving us this incredible tool. We're like, wow, we don't even have that for ourselves. And so, you know, I just I love this idea that it's not us and them. It's just all of us kind of co-creating. It's like we're an ecosystem now.
1: It's been really fascinating to here, people share their own practices you know with season one we were really pulling the practices inspired by the art and the theme and the prompt and when Livia talks about how much she loves to be a connector in the classroom and beyond it's it's fascinating how she actually describes like it what, what exactly is that connection so We're going to play a clip from her explaining that in more detail and where that comes
4: from. You know, atomic interactions is a a phrase that I coined and kind of stemming from James Clear's idea of atomic habits. And the more I thought about it, you know, whenever we interact with other people and even ourselves, it really boils down to every single interaction that we have. And every interaction that we have is really an opportunity for us to uplift others and to connect further on a deeper level and to me i see so many things as gifts i see relationships as gifts uh, connections as gifts gratitude is is a gift Uh, opportunities passion gratitude and the more we see things as gifts it started to shift my understanding of the world. And you know, when we receive gifts, you almost have that immediate reaction that that you feel grateful. And so when I see the world in terms of these gifts, then I live my life like gratitude is a way of being. And when I bring it down to every atomic interaction, it's the interactions that I have with other people that you don't want to miss. And when I think about why this is so important to me is it really started with my grandmother and my very best friend when I was around 25 years old passing suddenly. And from both instances they, I didn't have an opportunity to tell them one last time that I loved them and how much they meant to me. And so now When I think about the connections and relationships that I have, I don't ever want to regret. I don't want to have that feeling that I wish I told them. So, you know, every interaction is an important one because we really can make a difference in people's lives when you take that opportunity to uplift them and to help make their day a brighter one. I mean, think about it. When people share words with you, how does it make you feel when it's their kind words?
0: I love the expression atomic interactions. It just, to me, helps to make clear, like, there is no such thing as a small thing. Everything kind of matters, you know, and it's just... Like an atom is the basic building block of life, like all matter, all gas, like it is all made of atoms and and if we didn't have those atoms, then there would be nothing there'd be no form in which things could actually build and create, and so to realize like every interaction is this atomic moment that allows us to create and live and experience life as we know it. It's just such a beautiful way to express uh, the importance of every, and that's why I hate every little thing, right? And it's so weird that we sort of, and maybe this is just our own bias, like the somehow how bigger is better and, you know, smaller is not. And it's just like, no, it is the littlest things that actually make everything possible
1: and the level of intentionality it takes to be available to that you know like i think about how much my interactions am i conscious of what's my energy in this moment you know and and when i am fully present in 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 that for that interaction how different it actually feels and And in the conversation with her, I could really feel her presence and like and this and this love and this like, I'm here for you. I'm here to to nurture you. And one of the things that Livia said, building on, you know, our mantra of noticing and naming our feelings, she said, you know, in the classroom, I add the norm of nurturing. And it just takes it to a whole other level when when, you know, you, you're noticing something, you're naming something within yourself. Like, oh, today I feel tired or, I you know, a little sad. Well, what would it be like to then nurture that sadness in a way that doesn't sink you down, but in a way that lifts you up? And it was just such a beautiful addition to, you know, how we talk about our feelings and how we feel our feelings. It's like, oh my goodness, like this... Doesn't it feel different when you just feel that nurturing around you?
0: So truth be told, I love obviously the noticing and naming (laughs) practice, but it is very much a mindfulness-oriented practice. And I feel like when Livia added notice, name, and nurture, all of a sudden it became a heartfulness practice. And so- Hopefully at the end, you know, I'm just going to, you know, speak this out. This is going to be the spell, the story that we're going to be telling is just how beautiful would it be that at the end of this second season of the podcast is that we have a series of heartfulness practices, right? That we move from a mindfulness practice of like noticing and naming and really evolve it into a series of heartfulness practices. Let's do that.
1: <laughs> yes, that sounds beautiful. And I have to say, you know, when Livia described, you know, the nurturing and the atomic interactions and just how to be in this, in this receptivity of everything being a gift, I, I could embrace the words and I also still found myself wondering, well, what does that actually look like in practice? You know, how does she live her life where she is re- remembering to do that constantly. And and we got this really beautiful nugget um, when she started to unpack some of what that looks like. And so excited to share a really tangible way that Livia lives this.
4: i anxious, and I wasn't really sure why. I probably had a lot on my plate and and was feeling like I couldn't manage it and whatnot. And, um, and I have these visual reminders that I, I um, over the summer I took a bunch of rocks and and just glass beads and I painted hearts on them. So I probably painted over three hundred of these rocks. Oh wow! I gave them to my students and I kind of told them that this this is a reminder that I love you and that I will always believe in you and. One morning, that morning, I was leaving to go to work, and as I was rummaging for my, well, I don't have to rummage, but as I was looking for my keys, I didn't realize I put one of these rocks in that same box. And so I found the rock, and I thought, wow, this worked for myself, and I hadn't really thought about it in in that way. And I just took a moment, I held the rock, and I put it close to my heart, and I just thought, okay. This reminds me of why I love what I do and, you know, my purpose and how everything that I do, I do with my heart. You know, I I think and feel with my heart. I speak and act with my heart. I teach and I lead with my heart. And so this visual reminder just made such a difference for me. Uh, and I actually have these in my office in school. I have them in my different places that I work at home. I have them on my desk in my in my classroom and it's interesting to see that the kids they have it in their desk as well and they'll pull it out sometimes they'll put it right on their desk Um, and then a couple months ago I had a couple students from my last year's class that I gave as a parting gift um, at the beginning of this year and they said do you still have one of those like any extra these hearts, on, on, you know, hearts painted on the rocks? I said, yes, I do. They said, we lost it and we'd like to have another one. And I thought, they still, after months of, you know, being in a different classroom, these rocks still meant something to them.
0: She created literal touchstones, right? And we talked about the power of touch at the beginning of the podcast, right? But touch has its roots in romance, which is love. And then she like painted these hearts of love on these touchstones and then gave, you know, we know that best practices around creating new habits is three things, a reminder, a routine, and a reward. And so the fact that she gave her students this physical reminder of this love, that a touchstone can just be like literally just touching it can give you uh, a grounding, and then the reward was clearly so mutual, right? That the kids felt the love from her, and then she feels the love back by them coming around a year later and be like, "Hey, you know, do you have any more of those?" Uh, it's so beautiful to show and be able to share these practices, uh, from the gratitude blooming ecosystem.
1: And what a beautiful way to show social emotional learning, because I just, you know, I didn't share this with you more, but when, after I talked to, we talked to her, it brought me back to my days as a classroom teacher. I was a first and second grade, um, ESL English as a second language teacher. And I was definitely not, um, attending to the needs of my students in that kind of heartfelt way. Like I felt like I was just trying to get through the day, you know, teaching the content and feeling the pressure of, you know, are they going to be able to be proficient in English at the end of the year? And, and she is just leading with the heart first. She wants every single child to feel this love, you know, regardless of, you know, it's like unconditional. And I wonder if every person early on in their lives could feel that, truly feel that and hear those words, like what kind of world would we be in? You know, there's so much hurt from not receiving that love. And here she is teaching third and fourth graders in, in Canada, you know, it's showing them this is what's possible for you. This is possible in your relationships.
0: Wow. For me, at least, it really is about not only are you hearing those words of I love you, right? It's then knowing that you are lovable. Right. And then you can love yourself as well. Because you're seeing it demonstrated. And so then all of a sudden, if you know that someone loves you and you know that you are lovable, then it really, we can start to move in the world in a, just a different way. And it's in a heartfelt way Um, because then you know that you're worthy, right? You matter, right? Just you matter like atoms matter. <laughs> they make up everything. And when we can embrace that, that we're a part of this, you know, that we are literally, we get to be a part of this. And there is no separation. And so, if there is no separation, then how do we really want to treat each other? And how do we want to sort of value and appreciate every moment and not take it for granted? Because it can go away, right? The people that we do love, we don't know sometimes when the last time is going to be to get to say goodbye. You know, and I'm just, um, we're coming up around Father's Day, um, you know, and I just, how much family matters. And even though there are difficulties, I do not have the easiest relationship with my dad and he definitely doesn't have the best relationship with particularly my my brothers, um, and so I know that there's these sort of challenges that exist, you know. And so I think to me sometimes it's also it's beautiful to hear these stories of Livia and these third and fourth graders, and it has that like you know like the art they're still in the bud, right? They have not yet bloomed. But we also know that then there are flowers that have been fully bloomed and maybe they're on the sort of end of their life. And, and how do we still, even though through the hurt and through the pain and through the challenges, how do we find some of that reconciliation, right? And, ask, and this is why I think one of the most powerful sort of forms of healing is forgiveness, right? And that's even more sort of a difficult challenge is when things haven't always gone very well. How do you still come back uh, to the healing? And, and that's, I would say, believing that is even a bigger sort of step of courage.
1: We can be our own fairies of healing. <laughs> <laughs> i just reminding myself of the art and yeah, it's a human with wings. <laughs> we can, we can be that for ourselves and each other.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, let's not get in touch with our inner child. Let's get in touch with our inner fairy.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: that's, that's going to be our new gratitude booming t shirt right there. <laughs> so, for this closing practice uh, inspired by Livia and her heart rocks, I invite you to nurture yourself and create a reminder for, for yourself. So, when you begin your day, just connect in with how do you want to feel? today do you want to feel joy love gratitude or even grief take the time to really sit with that question and nurture that feeling by creating a reminder for yourself it could be the gratitude blooming card if you have the deck could be a physical object like a rock or just a sticky note just saying i want to feel this today just keep it close to you as a reminder when you most need it throughout your day
0: sending so much love out to all of you cheers cheers